Good morning to Radha Kalachanji Dam. Good morning to all, all of the assembled devotees. Those that are seen with the material eyes and those that are seen with the spiritual, the transcendental eyes. Today is Monday, June 24th. And it happens, it happens to be, um, well, every day that we have an opportunity to, to serve Guru and Krishna is always, always, always an auspicious day. Always a very special day. And today is the, uh, the Atiti day of, uh, His Holiness Bhakti Tirta Swami. So after, uh, we do, after we cover the next scriptures and texts of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Um, with your blessings, I'd like to read from uh, the uh, Surinda book, and all of his books are quotations and translations of the Vedas. Um, and they're all very, um, they're all very nice to hear, very, very nice to hear. But before we uh, cover the Srimad Bhagavatam, we'd like to sing Jaya Radha Madhava. Jaya Radha Madhava, Kunja Bihari Ram. Jai Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jai Gopi Janavalaba Kirivaradari Jaya Gopijanavalaba Kirivaradari Yashoda Nandana Braja Chadaranjanan Yashoda Nandana Braja Chadaranjanan Yamuna Tira Vanachari Yamuna Tira Vanachari Jaya Raja Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Gopi Janavalaba Kirivaradari 
Jaya Gopi Janavalaba Kirivara Dari Yashura Nandana Braja Jararanjanan Yashura Nandana Braja Jararanjanan Yamuna Tiravanachari Yamuna Tiravanachari Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Jaya Radha Kala Chanji Radha Kala Chanji Radhe. Jaya Radha Kala Chanji Radha Kala Chanji Radhe Jaya Jaya Jagannath 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 Jaya Jaya Jagannath Jaya Jaya Palade 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 Jaya Jaya Palade Jaya Jaya Subhadra 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 Jaya Jaya Subhadra Jaya Jaya Gonitai 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 Jaya Jaya Gonitai Jaya Jaya Gonitai 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 Jaya Jaya Gonitai Nitai Goro Haribo 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 Nitai Goro Haribo Nitai Goro Haribo 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 Nitai Goro Haribo Jai Shri Shri Rava Kala Chanji Dam Jai Jai Shri Lapa Jai Shri Shri Matsapa Dam Jai So we end it with um, 
chapter 12 of Canto 12 of Srimad Bhagavatam, and we're starting the 13th chapter of Canto 12 in the Srimad Bhagavatam. And it's covering the glories of Srimad Bhagavatam. And I looked at the pages and I thought, how is it possible to cover all of the all of the glories, all of the experiences, all of our own personal experiences that we had reading the Srimad Bhagavatam. But as usual, expertly, as it has been done, it was done. So before we read the beginning, we will say our prayer. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Now chapter 13 covers the glories of Srimad Bhagavatam. And in this final chapter, Sri Sutta Goswami describes the length of each of the Puranas, along with the subject matter of Srimad Bhagavatam, its purpose, how to give it as a gift, the glories of such, such gift-giving, and the glories of chanting and hearing it. The total corpus of the Puranas includes 400,000 verses, 18,000 of which constitute Srimad Bhagavatam. The Supreme Personality of Godhead Narayana instructed Brahma in this Srimad Bhagavatam, whose narrations produce detachment from matter and which contains the essence of all the Vedanta, one who gives the Srimad Bhagavad Purana as a gift will attain the highest destination. Among all the Puranas, Srimad Bhagavatam is the best and it is the most dear to the Vaishnavas. It reveals that spotless, supreme knowledge, accessible to the Paramahamsas, and it also reveals the process by which one can become free from the reactions of the material work, a process enriched with knowledge, renunciation, and devotion. Having thus glorified the Bhagavatam, Sutta Goswami meditates upon Lord Sri Narayana as the original absolute truth who is perfectly pure, free from all contamination, devoid of sorrow, and immortal. Then he offers obeisances to the greatest yogi, Sri Sukadeva who is non-different 
from the absolute truth. Finally, praying with true devotion, Sutta Goswami offers respects to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Sri Hari, who takes away all misery. So we'll go into text one. And it almost looks like a combination of two, but it is one. Shri Sutta Yuvacha Yam Brahma Varuran Nendra Ruja Maruta Stuvanti Divya Stave Videya Sangha Padakramopanish Shadye Gayanti Yam Samagam Diyana Vishtita Tadgatina Manasha Pasyanti Yam Yojana Yas yantam navidu sura sura gana devya tashmena maha shi sutta yavacha yam brahma varu nendra rudra paruta stuvanti divya stavya vade sanga padakramopanishadya gayanti yam samaga dayana vastita tadgatena Manasha Pasyanti Yam Yojana Yasyantam Navida Sura Sura Ganadevya Tashme Namaha Yam Brahma Varunendra Rudra Sorry, Sutta Yavacha Yam Brahma Varunendra Rudra Maruta Stuvanti Divya Stavir Vedai Sangha Padakramom Pani Shadir Gayanti Yam Samagaha Diyana Vastita Tagatina Manasha Pasyanti Yam Yojana Yasyantam Navida Sura Sura Gana Devya Tashme Namaha Anyone that wants to quote, you are welcome to do so. Otherwise, we'll do word for word. <laughs> um, so, word for word, Sutta Yuvacha. Sutta Goswami said, Yam, whom? Brahma, Lord Brahma, Varuna Indra Rudra Maruta, Varuna Indra Rudra Maruta, as well as Varuna, Indra, Rudra, and the Maruts. Stuvanti, praise, Divya, with transcendental, Stavai, prayers, Vedai, with the Vedas, Sa, along with Anga, the corollary branches, Padakrama, the special sequential arrangement of the mantras, Upanasadi, and the Upanishads, Gayanti. They sing about Yam, Hum, Samagaha, the singers of the Samaveda. Diana, 
in meditative trance, avastita, situated, satgatina, which is fixed upon him, manasa, within the mind, pasyanti, they see, yam, whom, yodana, the mystic yogis, yasya, whose, antam, end, navida, they do not know, sura asura gana, all the demigods and the demons, devia, to the supreme personality of Godhead, Tasmai, to him, Namaha, obeisances. And the translation here is, Sutta Goswami said, unto that personality whom Brahma, Varuna, Indra, Rutra, and Namaruts praise by chanting transcendental hymns and reciting the Vedas with all their corollaries, parakramas, and Upanishads, to whom the chanters of the Samaveda always sing, whom the perfected yogis see within their minds after fixing themselves in trance and absorbing themselves within him, and whose limit can never be found by any demigod or demon unto that supreme personality of Godhead, I offer my humble obeisances. And text two is almost as lengthy or long as text one, so I will read it. We'll read it twice. I'll read it twice. And unless you have it in front of you, I won't. Um, I won't ask you to repeat after me. So text two. Briste brara brialyat amanda mandara gira gravagra kandu yanan nidralo kamat takrete bhagavata swasanila pantuvaha yat samskara kalanu vatana vashad vela nebinam basham yadyatam atandritam jala Nadir Nadyapi Vishramyati Rishti Brahmyad Amanda Mandaragira Gravagra Kanduyanan Nidralokama Taktir Bhagavata Swasanila Pantuvaha Yatsam Stara Kaluna Vatana Vasadvela Nibinam Bhashsam Yatayatam Atandritam Jalanidhyanatyapivishramyati, word for word, Riste, upon his back, Brahmyat, rotating, Amanda, most heavy, Mandara Giri, of Mandara Mountain, Grava Agra, by the edges of the stones, 
Panduya not. By the scratching, Nidrala, who became sleepy, Kama Akrite, in the form of a tortoise, Bhagavata, of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Swasa, coming from the breathing. Anila, the winds. Pantu, may they protect. Vaha, all of you. Yat, of which? Samskara, of the remnants. Kala, the traces. Anuvarta Vashat. As the effect of following. Vela Nabina. By that which resembles the flow. Ambasam. Of the water. Yata Ayatam. The coming and going. Atandritam. Ceaseless. Jalanide, of the ocean, na, does not, adya api, even today, visramiyati, stop. And the translation here is when the Supreme Personality of Godhead appeared as Lord Kerma, a tortoise, his back was scratched by the sharp-edged stones lying on the massive, whirling Mount Mandara, and the scratching made the Lord sleepy. May you all be protected by the winds caused by the Lord's breathing in this sleepy condition. Ever since that time, even up to the present day, the ocean tides have imitated the Lord's inhalation and exhalation by piously coming in and going out. The purport here is at times we alleviate an itching sensation by blowing upon it. Similarly, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur explains the breathing of the Supreme Personality of Godhead can alleviate the itching sensation within the minds of mental speculators as well as the itching of the material senses of the conditioned souls engaged in sense gratification. Thus, by meditating on the windy breath of Lord Kerma, the tortoise incarnation, all categories of conditioned souls can be relieved of the deficiencies of material existence and come to the liberated spiritual platform one must simply allow the pastimes of Lord Kerma to blow within one's heart 
like a favorable wind, then one will surely find spiritual peace. Om Jnana Timarandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Chakshomiletam Yena Tashmai Shri Guru Venamaha I was born in the darkest of ignorance. And my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. My respectful obeisances to my spiritual master. So this Bhakti Tirtakul Swami. And um as I said later on today, what I will do after covering this, the the uh, scriptures of uh, chapter thirteen, text one and two, from one of his um, uh, books that were written, "Surrender." We'd like to read a bit from that, but getting back to. Text 1 and text 2 of the Srimad Bhagavatam describing what one would imagine to be almost impossible to describe the glories of the Srimad Bhagavatam. And it is done well. It is broken down very nicely. Even if one had challenges going through the Srimad Bhagavatam. And initially, uh, most of us did. It has been done most expertly, not just because it was done by um, the disciples of Srila Prabhupada based on his notes, but the fact that this is pure transcendental knowledge and they were given the intelligence and guidance to compile the canto in such a way that it is as understandable as all of the cantos that Srila Prabhupada translated. But in... um, Text 1 and 2, it's interesting how Mount Mandara, of course, required a pivotal point on which it could rotate. And because the Lord is so capable of taking so many forms, the Lord took the form of Kerma, the tortoise, and on his very strong back, Mount Mandara rotated, churning the ocean of nectar, or getting nectar from the ocean. And it's an interesting description because if you take time out and think about the scriptures, in a way, when the churning of the ocean was taking place, there was to some degree, some agitation and some turning. 
but the end result, regardless of the churning and the stirring of the ocean and the very subtle soothing effect it had on the Lord, it's like going through the scriptures. And when you initially go through the scriptures, it's a mind-bending experience because it takes the mind to places that in this lifetime the mind has forgotten that it's been. And sometimes that information is so powerful and potent, you almost run away from it. I remember when I came to um, ISKCON, uh, after an invitation from my, my brother, um, to satisfy him, I went to the temple and I sat down and I listened to the scriptures. But there was one day that I went and the information that I was receiving was so powerful that it was like nothing I'd ever heard before. I remember leaving the temple almost in tears and it's like, this is too much for my head. I can't take it. And it was really that scratching, trying to get to the surface of who we really are, but we've forgotten. But I was fortunate enough that my brother understood what was happening and I immediately went home and it's like, that's it, I'm not going back to the temple. And as soon as he left the temple, it's like he and the family came to the house, the rest of the family came. It's like, what happened? And I explained how overwhelming the information was and how difficult to my mind that had been so many different places in the material world, how difficult it was to understand And because Krishna sends different people along the pathway to assist us, we sat down and we talked, and it was a little bit easier to handle the information that was in the scriptures. I'm trying to stay on on track, but I may wander a little bit. But the point I'm making is, I walked into an ISKCON temple thinking I knew just about anything I needed to know about God. But I did not. And I I considered myself a fairly decent, intelligent person. But when the scriptures opened up, it was like it shook me. It shook the soul. It was like it was shaking the barnacles off of a ship or something. You know, you're, you're bogged down with these things that are hanging you down and keeping you down. And gradually, I'd like to think that gradually some of the material nonsense and contamination that had led me to the entrance of that ISKCON world, all of that unnecessary contamination was beginning to fall off. And yes, in a sense, and I'm speaking how I felt the agitation and the churning of the ocean would be. In some sense, yes, it was rubbing the soul in such a way that I was uncomfortable. But because I was uncomfortable is because I couldn't remember who I was. And I couldn't remember where I'd come from. And gradually... I began to understand, and through 
because I'm getting to a point here. But through the scriptures, everything that is given in the scriptures, every point that's made, if you don't understand it the first time, keep reading the scriptures and it will back up what you read before. There is backup. There is pastimes. There are experiences that back up the knowledge. So even if you go through it once and you don't get it, you'll get it. If you are determined to understand who you are and where you've come from, you will go back and read it again and gradually over time. Because I think I've read it a second time and fortunately the Lord has allowed a lot of us to sit here in a class and read it before an audience and the audience of the Lord. And gradually the dullness of the senses are being wiped away and it's like a stone that's being polished. And each time it is so sweet and it is so nectarian that I can't get enough. I have never read the scripture and put it down and said, gosh, that was boring. There is nothing boring about knowing the Lord. He is unlimited. Whatever you could think, he's beyond that. The demons do not. They Beyond unlimited, whatever the best possible, truest, highest form of now, the Lord is beyond all of that. And that takes a while to understand because you're listening to someone who thought she knew who the Lord was. I thought I knew. In my childhood, it was explained to me that the Lord was all-powerful and that, you know, if you did the right thing, then the Lord would be happy with you. And if you did not, then he would be very firm and very unloving. And, you know, I do not frown on the background of religion that I was given because it was a foundation. And from that foundation, I was able to step from there to here. Otherwise, if I had not had it, I wouldn't be here. So everything that occurs with us, however it occurs, whether it's because of ourselves or providence or what is it, the, the demigods? Um, what is it, uh, uh, the Kunti? Yeah. Uh, um, whatever the reason, where. Yes, material nature, whether it's our previous karma, whether it's because of others, everything has a purpose. The Lord is in control if you allow him to be in control. A lot of things that happen to us, we go like, well, why'd that happen? Well, why'd you do that, Lord? Don't don't blame the Lord. Don't <laughs> blame him. It's like, what did you do? What you... You look in the mirror. Bhakti Tirta would always say, look, put your faces in the mirror and look at yourselves and take a really good look and check day to day to see the progress that you've made because every single day there should be some change. You shouldn't remain the same all the time. Otherwise, nothing's happening. Whenever he would come, he would say, whoever you were the last time, when I visit again, there should be some change in your consciousness, some change in you. 
And because the Lord has allowed us to live this long, to have this experience, to learn even more from the scriptures, we are fortunate. So many people cannot walk in the doors of these doms, these holy doms. They're not qualified yet. We have had some mercy, some blessings, of course some guru, but from our previous lives to be able to walk in here and continue from where we left off in the previous life to understand that we don't really belong here, but while we're here, learn about why you're here, what it is you need to work on, work on it, be in such a mood that whatever you give, whatever you want to receive, give it to others. We should be in a mode of love and compassion and understanding and patience, tolerance, all the positive qualities of a Vaishnav. Most of us are fortunate enough to have gurus. It's a blessing to have a guru because he sets down the paths on which we can walk to lead us back to the spiritual world. I listened, and I'm going to end it because I can get carried away sometimes. I have my moments, but this is nectar. I listened to the uh, glorification of His Holiness Tamal Krishna Goswami. And the one takeaway, there were many takeaways, but one takeaway is that you should know His Holiness Tamal Krishna Goswami by his disciples. I should be able to come across one of his disciples and notice a trait or something, a resemblance or something of something that would tell me that that's Tamal Krishna Goswami's disciple. We should be examples so that we can lead others, we can assist others, and the qualities that I heard from the devotees and his God brothers, those that knew him, it was, I was impressed. I was totally impressed. He was very firm. And the only, really the only understanding I had of him was through one of his disciples who came to Michigan at the time and he taught a, um, I guess it would be considered a bhakti yoga class. Um, Ladini Shakti. Ladini Shakti. Expert teacher. Good cook. I tell you, at the beginning, half the time I was coming there for the food, the prasadam. <laughs> but the point is, he put a picture, he put a video of his holiness to Krishna Goswami on. And he seemed so firm. He scared me. And um, Ladini was saying how um, Tamal Krishna Goswami visited some location where Ladini was, and Ladini was uh, preparing the bedding for Maharaj to sleep. And I guess he didn't consider it, he didn't think about how extra special the preparation should be for the guru. So whatever bedding was on there, he just tidied it up and just put it back on. And Jamal Krishna Goswami was like, no, you know, you change this and you do that. You know, setting him up so that he could understand how to honor, eventually, Krishna. 
Guru is our closest um, image of Krishna, is as good as Krishna, is not Krishna, but is an example of Krishna. So we should treat Guru not like an ordinary person. And that is the one thing, the takeaway that I had from all the years that Bhakti Tirta Swami passed away. I was foolish. I treated him like an ordinary person. He was a tolerant father. Very firm. Very firm. But over time, I've come to respect so much Maharaj. And his thing is, you treat my God brothers better than you treat me. And I've developed a love for the brothers. It's a family. Community, he stressed. If we don't have a good community, don't bother about trying to teach anybody about Krishna consciousness. I wouldn't come if I didn't feel like there was a community or a loving family. I fought not to come here. I wanted to go to Gita Nagri. Had the weather not been so bad, I'd be sitting up in the hills of Pennsylvania. Guru sent me here. And like um, Yananda Prabhu was saying, he's spoken to people. I would be fighting today not to leave this place because I have been enveloped with such love and I don't know how to explain it. I used to go on a vacation when I was in Michigan and go somewhere else to feel good. Now, and I would stay as long as I wanted. Now if I go away from the Dom, generally it's tied into Krishna consciousness, some service I'm doing. I can't wait to get back. It's like, I I don't need to stay another day longer. I want to go back home. This is home to me until Krishna decides you go somewhere else. This is home to me. I don't want to go anywhere else. Is it perfect? No. But is it my home? It's my home. It's my family. And I like that. And that is, that's some of the things that were opened up to me in my eyes in the scriptures and in the association of the devotees. And I'll end it in saying how important the association of devotees is. It is extremely important. I'm going to end at this point, And I just want to read maybe a paragraph or two of Surrender from Gurudev. And even though this is his um, uh, Vaishnav calendar disappearance day, it was officially on the 27th, so... The community will receive a WhatsApp to be invited to uh, Darshan Room on Wednesday so that we can have a proper celebration. So, um, and as usual, I'm very grateful for everyone that appears here. This is, um, it's an endeavor sometimes because we're all busy and, and, and Kunti, I know you're, you, you're busy. I know the things that are going on, but you take the time and you come over in the morning and Sam, you too. I mean, you go through all the, the buses and changes, and you've been a devotee before, no no, uh, no doubt. No doubt. So it's not an accident. Sam is Krishna's soldier. Sam is Krishna's soldier. <laughs> so um, uh, Bhakti Tirta Swami, uh, before he left his body, he left so many notes. And from what I'm understanding, there are other books that are going to be coming out. But, you know, as devotees, as our life is progressing, each and every one of us has a book in us. And he was always encouraging, 
Put your experience out there. Write a book. Be your own. Be a guru to someone. You didn't say you have to take initiation, take a guru, but we, if we've been in this long enough, we've got something to share with someone. You know, don't beat them over the head with all the prints. I mean, yes, the principles are firm, but when you understand the principles, they don't feel like a beating anymore. Love people into this mission of Krishna consciousness. That's what I got from Guru Dave. And ultimately, that's what I got from him understanding Srila Prabhupada, even though he didn't see him that much. Whatever he was doing, whatever the guru is doing, it's for helping Srila Prabhupada continue this mission. Um, and that is something that we should take very seriously, but we should also take the fact of getting along and being a family and having a community in which we can come together and talk and share. That's important. We need to continue to establish that. And yes, every opportunity I get, I will be telling you this or sharing it with you because it is so important to me. It is what keeps me here. It's what keeps a lot of us here. So um, this is what um, this is why Bhakti Tirta Swami was putting Surrender together. Um, on uh, one of the quotes is, "I ask you to dedicate this one life to the Lord. I do not want you to undergo the process of samsara." This is a statement he was making the last time he was in India. I was in India with him along with his godbrothers. Wonderful experience. And after that, things begin to change rapidly. But as he was saying, I do not want you to undergo the process of samsara, of repeated birth and death, any longer. Engaging wholeheartedly in the process of bhakti is not too difficult a sacrifice for attaining eternal existence. To be free from enemies once and for all, to be permanently liberated from ongoing negative bombardments that we are forced to face every single day, whatever price we have to pay for that, it is worth it. Even if we have to live every single day in anxiety and frustration, and sometimes it does, it happens. Being misunderstood, and that happens too. It is worthwhile because of what is ultimately attainable. If the goal is not wonderful, then of course it is not desirable to pay a heavy price. If the goal is not permanent and we have to ultimately give it up only to enter again into the many complications from which we ran, then it is not a very captivating aspiration. But if the end result is that all suffering is destroyed, if the end result is that all I'm sorry, if the end result is that all suffering is destroyed, death, disease, old age, and constantly living in an environment in which we have to struggle to survive, then it is worth it. Let's put all of these unpleasant experiences behind us by dedicating this one lifetime to God with no strings attached. And that was his, um, that was one of the many Statements that Guru made before he left his body. And it was pretty much, okay, it's time to stop playing. It's like, stop playing. It's time to get serious about where you are. If you really want to make some progress, the ultimate 
end result is so much better than what you're going through right now. Do it. Whatever's necessary, go through it. It's temporary, but it will be worth it in the long run. And in actuality, that is what you are getting from the scriptures, from the Srimad Bhagavatam. Yes, they went through these different challenges, but the end result was that they got Krishna. And in this position right now, if I would have to go through everything that I've gone through in life, and like most of you, it was not happy. It was not a very pleasant one. There were some takeaways that are marvelous, but on the whole, it was a very tough journey. Even to get to this point of understanding, I would go through it all over again to get to this point. It is worth it. So I'm going to just read. Um, oh, here's a good one. Here's a good one. And usually when you open the page, it falls right where you need it to fall. But the name of the um, Guru Day's book is Surrender the Key to Eternal Life. This chapter one is about humility and determination and how it guarantees success. This chapter is good. It says, real humility means no enemies. A practical way to calculate our personal level of humility is to notice the extent to which we maintain the mindset of friends and enemies. Krishna has said that one who is dear to him has neither enemies nor friends. Even if someone acts as our enemies, we do not have to view them as such. Not having enemies does not mean that we are in denial or that we avoid addressing improper behavior. We address issues out of love and with humility by speaking truthfully. At the same time, we should try not to see others as enemies, whether they agree with us or not. The most exemplary humility was displayed by Lord Chaitanya during his interactions with Lord Ramachandra Puri. Ramachandra Puri, an extremely envious and devious godbrother of Mahaprabhu's guru, Ishwara Puri, challenged Lord Chaitanya by pointing out the Lord's seemingly improper behavior. Spotting ants in Mahaprabhu's room, Ramachandra Puri immediately came to the conclusion that Mahaprabhu was indulging in sweets and thus not controlling his senses. Did Lord Chaitanya respond by arguing or criticizing Ramachandra Puri as well? No. Not only did Lord Chaitanya refuse to defend himself, but he immediately changed his daily habits by eating only half as usual, even though he was the Supreme Lord. Subsequently, Ramachandra Puri challenged Lord Chaitanya further by claiming that his altered conduct signified artificial renunciation. Did Lord Chaitanya protest at this point? Initially, he was told that he eats too much. And then he was told that he eats too little. Instead of highlighting this contradiction, the Lord demonstrates the position of real strength by humbly accepting the criticism of his guru's godbrother. 
a person who possesses true spiritual strength feels genuinely humbled in the face of criticism, even if it may be unjust. He or she constantly meditates, I want to know Krishna more. I want to serve Krishna more. Therefore, Krishna is helping me in so many unexpected ways. An authentic devotee constantly looks for ways to be freed of the illusion. A devotee feels very subservient, always thinking that he or she is the worst servant of all. We see this example in the writings of the Acharyas in our disciplic succession. An Acharya is a spiritual master who teaches by his own example, genuinely imagining that no one is more fallen than they are. They fervently pray for help. The neophyte devotee, however, refuses to accept feedback and sometimes even tries to blaspheme those who attempt to help him see his own suffering. Even if we feel that we are right and the other person is just trying to put us down, then we have even more of a reason to be humble by helping those who criticize to understand what is proper by showing humility, we let bhakti or pure devotional service prevail. Lord Chaitanya did just that when Ramachandrapuri attacked him. Shastra tells us that Ramachandra did not have the Lord's best interest in mind. He was merely fault-finding. Nevertheless, Lord Chaitanya accepted his so-called instructions and made a shift in his own behavior. A person who has great strength does not get swayed by popular sentiment, by fads, by friends or enemies. Rather, he or she is always blissful. When a devotee meditates that Krishna is everywhere, including in her own heart, then she will naturally wonder why she or he has not returned to him yet. Deeply aware that Krishna is calling us constantly. We want to know what is blocking our progress. We must take the humble position and desperately search after what is obfuscating our return home. Let us be eager to perceive whatever weaknesses we have with the realization that those flaws are responsible for our position in this material world. And we'll end with that bit of nectar. And I usually read from this. I have a teleconference each week that I've been dedicating to Guru Dave. So this is the book, Surrender, is what we're on right now. And I thought that would be a very nice um, ending or um, a beginning of offering uh my respectful obeisances to Gurudev on his uh, on this anniversary of his fourteenth year of disappearance. So um, I'm very grateful for the position that Guru and Krishna have placed me in in this Dom. Wherever they placed me in, I'm very grateful because Krishna's in control. And the more we realize that Krishna's in control and he's trying to get our attention and that he loves us more than we love ourselves and that he wants us back 
more than we want to go back home, then we'll begin to understand what Krishna consciousness is all about. We'll end at this point. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Gaur Prabhananda. Ma ki jai.